Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 63. I'm your host, Soccer Tarn. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. Why don't we get right into the soccer? Following a 4-0 loss against Costa Rica in World Cup qualifying, U.S. Soccer decided to fire head coach and technical director Jurgen Klinsmann. Big decision, a lot of implications. How are you feeling about this right now, Nihal? Uh, I think it was the right decision. Uh, we talked about it on the show before, especially after uh, the last episode, which was following the uh, U- U.S. national team's loss to Mexico. Uh, and we decided not to record, by the way, after the Costa Rica match, because we thought this might be coming if we wanted to wait for this to happen. Um, but initially, I- I'm optimistic. I think this was the right move. I don't think Jurgen Klinsmann really knows what he's doing tactically. I think he's lost the team. I think he's lost the fans, and we need a, a set of steady and stable hands to come into the U.S. national team and guide us to the World Cup. Uh, you know, it's it's only a year and a half away from uh, a year and seven months from now, so it, it's it's not that far away. Uh, and you know, overall, bottom line, results matter. And in the last year, uh, in the last two years, the results haven't been there. Finishing fourth at the Gold Cup is unacceptable. Not qualifying for the Olympics is unacceptable. Um, he is the technical director. Remember that. Not qualifying for the U17 World Cup is unacceptable. Uh, then losing to the, uh, the Mexico in the Confederation Cup playoff that was unacceptable. We did make it. Um, we did make it to the semifinals of the Copa America, but then we lost four nothing to Argentina. Uh, then we lost to Guatemala in, in a World Cup qualifier. I think that's the first time we we have lost to them in a World Cup qualifier. Um, and, you know, we ended up having our worst shutout loss uh, in a World Cup qualifier against Costa Rica since 1957. And, of course, we lost to Mexico uh, in World Cup qualifying at home for the first time in 47 years or something like that. So you take all of that in the last year, in the last 23 months, and it clearly was the right decision. Yeah, and I don't think this is a case of, well, it just wasn't the right fit. I honestly don't think that Jurgen Klinsmann should be a coach of any team. Well, you know, he's, he's, he met with Galatasaray already. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, well, good That's, luck uh, with them. Actually, a friend of the podcast, Ian Joy, was the first one to report that. So uh, he broke that on Twitter if you all want to go check him out. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, yeah... I mean, his club experience has only been with Bayern Munich, in which he failed, so I, I, I don't know. But, you, you know, we've heard all these quotes about how he focuses too much on conditioning, How or, or he said himself, what, you want us to give the players bullet points? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean that's that's, exactly that just astonishes me. I, I, I... Right. <laughs> it, 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 it is astonishing. And, um, you know, we had Daryl Grove on episode 61 of, of, of the Soccer Brothers podcast uh, on the Total Soccer Show, if you don't know what that is, which I assume you do if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> I assume you know about both. You should go listen to their last few episodes, and they sort of break down uh, Jurgen Klinsmann and, and sort of how he tactically has failed. Um, he tactically failed against Mexico, He ta- at least in the beginning of the match. Against Costa Rica, he tactically failed. Um, you know, against Mexico, it was Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones who decided to make the tactical change. Who went over to Jurgen and said, "This is what we need to do." Um, there's just always been a failure for us to adjust, really. Um, besides maybe making some subs, which is you know Jurgen 
he does amazing things with six subs. He can turn games around with six subs. Uh, but with three, not so much. Um, in the Copa America, you know, against Argentina, questionable tactical decisions, starting Wondolowski, starting two in the central midfield against Argentina, that's mind-blowing to me. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it tactically, tactics are the big thing that have been lacking with the U.S. national team. And it's something that, you know, we need, especially when we're playing teams that are better than we are. And also, I really do think he lost the uh, lost the locker room. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say Michael Bradley hasn't been playing well. Um, and, you know, Ryan Connor actually sent me a message um, a couple days ago. He's a, he's a listener of the podcast. He was talking about Michael Bradley. And he said, you know, at first he was saying, you know, he, Ryan was like, I'm done with Bradley. But, you know, after thinking about it, he said, you know, his, Michael Bradley's dad gets fired. They hire this coach. He he uses the term celebrity coach. Um, He says all the fans are fangirling over him. And the celebrity coach is already disliked by notable players who played under him, Tony Cruz, Philip Lom. Um, They've called him tactically incompetent. Klinsman moved him around in the midfield. He's played every position, underneath the strikers, um, more of the box-to-box role as a defensive midfield, and back again. Um, He keeps playing in a two-man midfield, Michael Bradley, where where he's less comfortable, um, and he gives him no instruction. Uh, And Klinsman routinely throws him and Jones under the bus. Um, but, and then Ryan says, bottom line, you know, Bradley is amazing in MLS. He's been good in his club career. He's obviously a good player. All of those things, when you take all of those things and you put them together, you can get a player who just isn't willing to do it for the coach. And, and that's the total soccer show sort of talked about this too. So I'm, I'm really hoping as we, as you know, Bruce Arena, who I, I don't know if you mentioned Bruce Arena is the likely successor to you and Klinsman. Um, I can't remember if you mentioned that. Uh, when he comes in, not only will he bring in some players like Darlington Nagby or Benny Fellhaber who've been missing from the team, but he will inject some passion. He'll inject some energy into this team, and he'll have them playing together and you know, maybe won't throw players under the bus. Why don't we take a step back for a second? Okay. Now, it's, it's you know, I mentioned on the podcast before, and this is just an idea that I was throwing out in the last episode, that maybe it's we're so disappointed it's because of the rhetoric that Jurgen Klinsmann used when he took over office of the team. Uh, yeah. You know, saying we we're going to make the semifinals, saying that we're going to play a beautiful brand of soccer. And that is fair. And, and that, yes, he hasn't lived up to that. But it's not because of a lack of talent necessarily. I don't. I think we do have a good enough talent, but you don't need well, to well, look. Well, well, we don't have good enough to make it to the semifinals. No, no. Sorry. Yeah, I meant in terms of the looking good right, part. Right. I agree. And and you don't need to actually have as much talent as the U.S. does to look that good. I mean, we saw with Iceland in the Euros, and I, I, I think that. Well, okay, but here's the, the thing. Uh, here's here's my problem. Iceland. I don't. I don't know if they necessarily looked good, but they got the results. And I think I, I mean against against England. I mean they they, they yeah, looked they were, like they were the, decent. They were decent, but bottom bottom line, I know I've used that phrase a lot. You have, <laughs> and I'll, I'll let you I'll let you finish what you were saying before. 
results are the most important things. So if you're a Greece and you can win the 2004 Euros, if you're Portugal and you can win the 2016 Euros, if you're Leicester City and you can win the Premier League and you do it by using uh, certain tactics and uh, using players in those tactical formations that allow you to achieve that goal, then that's more important than playing pretty soccer, which the U.S. didn't even really do under Jurgen Klinsmann. So, but sorry, go on. Continue with what you were saying. Well, I think that Bruce Arena, I mean, this may be a bold statement, but I think that he has more freedom to to change to, you know, to, to actually play a good brand of soccer, maybe even more so than he did when he formerly uh, had the reins of the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. And, well, why don't we talk about Bruce Arena? Um I don't think Bruce Arena is anyone's first choice as a long-term solution for the U.S. national team. And I don't blame you. But as I said, we're 19, almost 18 months away from the World Cup. Really, we are. We're, we're 18 and a half months away from the World Cup. Arena has done this before. He's taken this team to a World Cup quarterfinals. And honestly, they should have at least taken Germany to extra time. There were some blown calls. I know 2006 was a disappointment, and um, there were some questions about playing Demarcus Beasley on the right wing, uh, about bringing on Olsen for Claudio Reyna, a defensive-minded player, for a, a more attacking player when, when Reyna got hurt, and some other decisions, not playing Clint Dempsey as much. Um, you know, some other decisions that not a lot of people agree with. But he's done this before, and at this point, with zero points after two matches in the Hex, and with a negative five goal differential... And with just where the state of this team is, I think I don't think we can afford to gamble on someone like Oscar Pereja or Peter Vermees or Jason Christ or someone who hasn't done it before. I think we need to get to the World Cup, um, and whatever happens in 2018 happens, because people need to understand for U.S. soccer, getting to the World Cup is not only huge monetarily and for the reputation of the team abroad, it's huge for the continued growth of soccer in this country. You know, since 2006, um, soccer fandom has grown by 65%. Um, soccer is the second most watched sport in the country between the ages of 12 and 24. MLS is on track to uh, to to pass MLB in terms of avid fan interest amongst, amongst millennials. You know, it's, it's continuing to grow, and the U.S. men's national team needs to capitalize on that to gain a better return in the future. And the way to do that, the big draw is the World Cup every four years. You know, USA versus Portugal uh, had higher viewer had had higher ratings than Game Seven of the World Series and uh, the NBA, respectively, in in, in twenty fourteen. Um, we saw the Women's World Cup; they were very good ratings. So, so my point is, we we need to get to the World Cup. Um, you know, not only not only for not only for money, but for the future growth of the team, I think, as well, um, in, in terms of fandom and also in terms of players. It's it's an indispensable experience to be at the World Cup. And for someone like a 20-year-old uh, or a 19-year-old – wait, will he be 20? No, he'll be 20, yeah. 20-year-old Christian Pulisic? No, he'll be 19, won't he? Yeah, he'll be 19. That's crazy. Um, a 19-year-old Christian Pulisic to be at the World Cup, I mean, that's – that's indispensable. And, you know, you think about it, by the time the next World Cup comes around, Kristen Pulisic is 23. Michael Bradley is, what, 31, 33? 
So, I mean, it's we cannot miss this World Cup, in my opinion. And that's why Bruce right. Arena has to come in. He's not the top choice, but he is the right choice, I think. And he also, he does tactics. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's better than, it's better than this. But do you think that, I mean, you said that Bruce Arena, you don't think he's a long-term solution. But no. really anything less than, if we, if we qualify for the, the round of 16 in the 2018 World Cup, then crash out. I you don't Gulati will not fire him. Uh, I think he will fire him. Gulati's yeah. Gulati's first. I you don't know this because you're a little younger. Um, but Gulati's first act uh, as as U.S. Soccer president was to fire Bruce Arena, or was to not re re up his deal. Um, and, and, and there hasn't. I I think I think as much as as much hate as Senor Gulati is getting. Um, and you know, well deserved scrutiny. Uh, I'm, I might add. I think he tends to be practical. I know he has held on to Klinsman. Um, remember, it, there's a lot of money there to invest in Klinsman, so I think he wanted to hold on as long as possible. I, I think he is a practical person, and I do not think he truly believes Bruce Arena's long-term solution. I think maybe someone on the coach or coaching staff already, like Tab Ramos. Might be the guy in the future. I would prefer an Oscar Pereja or maybe a, a foreign coach that actually has some experience, like Marco Bielsa, Gus Hiddink, who are actually available right now, or someone like, you know, Pep Guardiola or Jose Mourinho. <laughs> okay. Um, so, well, you know what? Pep Guardiola has expressed interest in, in managing the U.S. national team. So. All right. Let's see that. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that, that, maybe 2022. <laughs> um, but... You know, I, I think, I don't think, I don't think, excuse me, I just realized something. We're not going to have to talk about Jurgen Klinsmann again after this podcast. Like, we will, probably, but we Yeah, we, we probably will. will. But, oh my gosh, it's just like the weight keeps on lifting off my shoulders. Yeah, um, I don't think it's really hit me yet, to be honest. But. No, it, it hasn't. And, well, 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 let me finish my thought first. I, I don't think, I don't think Bruce Arena is going to be the long-term solution. There, there are a couple things I want to get to. You know, Bruce Arena said, um, well, let me, let me pull up the quote here. He, he said, with regards to foreign players, uh, not the best quote. Um, Bruce Arena said, well, I, I, oh, here we go. Um, he said, players on the national team should be American. If they're born in other countries, we aren't making process uh, progress. Excuse me. Now I would like to know what what you think about that. Um, Wait, when what 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 day was this quote from? This is 2013. So pretty recently. Oh, that's a little bit too recent for me. Um, and you know it, it's not great. Uh, obviously, we have great respect for anyone who considers themselves Americans, um, especially you know the son of soldiers, those who protect our country, or who serve our country. Um, so it's, it's not great. You know, Fabian Johnson and John Brooks and these guys are way too good to not play. They are surefire starters. And I think Bruce Arena knows that. I Was he talking in the context of the U.S. men's national team or MLS or just U.S. soccer in general? Well, because said, I feel he like... Said, it, he said players on the national team should be American. If they're born in other countries, we aren't making progress. But is we, set, is, I feel like we is like... So the second... No, I don't know. I think he was talking about the U.S. national team. Okay. And I, 
you know, 2013 was about the time where Fabio Johnson was emerging, Danny Williams, Terrence Boyd, Jermaine Jones was, was you know, that was a Bob Bradley guy, Timmy Chandler and Jermaine Jones were, but they were starting to get into the team. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I agree with his second statement. If they're born in other countries, you aren't making progress. But then, you know, every national team uses dual nationals. And he will likely bring in Benny Failhaber and Darlington Nagby, but those guys were born in other countries. You know, Benny Fallhaber. Where was Fallhaber born? Yeah. Brazil. So, yeah. it, it, I, I don't know. I, I don't, ultimately, I don't think this is going to, uh, I don't think, well, I don't, like, I don't think he's going to drop John Brooks and Fabio yeah. Johnson. But I, I, that does give me a little bit of discomfort. I just don't really agree with the sentiment behind whatever he's saying. But, right, like, uh, whatever. I mean. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say um, if those two if those two lines are you know I, I I don't know what the true intent was but either way I, I don't think that was the right thing to say and I don't I, I ultimately I don't agree with the full statement anyone who's born as an American citizen or who becomes an American citizen or really who I believe has a connection to America and considers themselves American. Um, is an American. So to say players on the national team should be American if they're born in other countries who aren't making progress, it, it, all, it also it, it makes it seem like he thinks that people like Fabian Johnson, Julian Green, um, these guys... Well, Julian Green was born in the U.S., actually, so that's not a good example. But uh, Fabian Johnson and um, John Brooks, Brooks, these guys who are, who are son of, of sol- sons of soldiers, is he saying they aren't American? Uh, that's what it seems like. Yeah, and I and I disagree with that. I I don't think that it'll play a huge role into behind behind his selection, but I don't think so. Um, that's uh, yeah, I don't I don't really agree with that comment. I will say that I mean, and this is kind of going on a, a bit of a tangent, but anyone who says that Jurgen Klinsmann was the reason that we recruited a lot of players. Okay. I mean, I think you have to look at each story individually. And a lot of these guys, it seemed like they'd wanted to play for the U S or they had a special connection to the U S. I mean, he, he, he might've helped a little bit, but don't you agree yeah. that I, for many, you know. I, I think the big one was Julian green. I think that was Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, I think there was a chance he played for the U S Gideon Zalalem was always going to play for the U S Jermaine Jones and Timmy Chandler were going to play for the U S Fabian Johnson, maybe. You know, some of these guys who grew up in Germany, Jurgen Klinsmann is Jurgen Klinsmann, World Cup champion, you know, German goal scorer. So, uh, but, you know, I, I, I agree. I think you have to look at it individually. John Brooks, I think, made a pact with Jerome Kiesewetter when they were like 16 that they were going to play for the U.S. Um, so I think a lot of these guys, you know, if you look like, if you look at a player like John Brooks, how can you not call the guy American? You know, he, he's all about of Chicago. Yeah. Of Illinois. Uh, yeah. Um, is it Chicago? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I think there's a star on the city it, in the city it, that he was born in, but I, think yeah. was, I don't think it was Chicago. No, he, right he wasn't born there. That's where his family is yeah. from. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But, My bad. but either, either way, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think you're in Clinton maybe deserves some credit, but it's hard to know. Like a lot of these guys, I think already had their mind made up, especially, especially like. 
especially Kenny and Zalala. Like, he's a big one. What do you think the ceiling is for this team? Uh, under Bruce Arena, uh, I think the ceiling is making it to the quarterfinals again. I think that's the best case. Realistically, I see another round of 16. I mean, it depends on the group. We got to get there first. Um, uh, you know, I say we win the Gold Cup next year. Um, we, which is crazy that there's another Gold Cup <laughs> in a few months. Um, and, you know, we, we make it to the World Cup and we make it to the round of 16. Uh, there's still, there's still uh, 17 months of growth for players like uh, Christian Pulisic, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Gideon Zalala, and Julian Green. Uh, so it, it's, it's hard to know what, what the team will look like. Um, but I think the future is bright. You add players like Darlington Nagby, who I think uh, who I think Bruce Arena will utilize well. Maybe bringing back Juan Agudelo, uh, Benny Failhaber, some more attacking players. Maybe even bringing Sebastian Lachette. You know that's that might that probably will happen in January. I'm excited for the January camp because I'm excited to see who Bruce Arena brings in. Um, I think the ceiling. I don't think the ceiling for the team has changed much, to be honest. So, but uh, I think, you know, I, it's it's hard to say. I, I, I think quarterfinals are, are around a 16. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair to Jurgen Klinsmann, he's a nice guy. I think he is. Um, he threw his players know. under the bus, so. Yeah, but I think overall he's a nice guy. I think he is well-intentioned. You know, there were high points. He won the 2013 World Cup. Uh, we won for the first time in Germany, Italy, and the Netherlands. Um, in 2013, we had the most wins in a calendar year ever. Um, you know, so those were those were okay. But like I said, I, I, I listed you the stuff before. Uh, along with that, Fewest shots of any team in the 2015 Gold Cup group stage. We started at the Hats with an 0-2 record for the first time in the history of the U.S. national team. We lost a home World Cup qualifier for the first time since 2001. Um, lost to Guatemala. That's the lowest-ranked team to ever beat the U.S. First-ever loss to Jamaica. First-ever loss to Jamaica at home. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, you know, but there's other stuff. Reached the semifinals of Copa America for the second time in U.S. history. First point in Mexico during World Cup qualifying since 97. Um, you know, most consecutive home wins, 13. It, it, was, it was a weird, weird time with Jürgen Klinsmann. Um, I think a lot of our success was in spite of him, though, to be honest. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's easy, especially if you don't follow the team closely, to say, um, you know, they made it to the round of 16, they got out of the group of death, and what do you think is going to change so much with a new coach? But I think it's just really unfair right now, um, or, or it was unfair, for Jurgen to field a team with no tactical direction. It's unfair to the fans, I think it's unfair to the players, and I think it was just time for a fresh start. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we can appreciate what he did in 2013. I mean, you know, obviously you saw 
the U.S. beat beat Mexico to qualify for the World Cup. We went to the Gold yeah. Cup final as well. Um, right. And we'll yeah, we'll cherish those memories. Right. But. And you know, honestly, I like to think I'm a practical person. I sometimes am not when it comes to sports. Um, but I like to think I'm a practical person because, well, I'm getting into law, so hopefully I'm a practical person. Um, I was pro Klinsman. I think I say it all the time. You remember? I was pro Klinsman, but it's it's it was evident last year, really after 2014, after the World Cup, that he wasn't the right choice. And I think there are way too many Klinsman apologists out there who are like he didn't have the talent. You know, I saw a lot of people saying he didn't have the talent to do anything with this team. But, I mean, every other manager in the last 18 years with less talent has done just as well or better. You know, you look at uh, Bob Bradley, runner-up in the Confederations Cup, beating Spain, the number one team in the world in, in, a, in an official competition. We didn't even come co- – we didn't really – come close to doing anything like that under Klinsman. I mean, we got out of the group of death, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think beating Ecuador in the quarterfinals... I mean, that's, that's no, fine. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, but I, you, we should be doing that, in my yeah. Um We should not be embarrassing ourselves against Argentina. We should have we, a respectable 2-0 loss. We shouldn't be losing... We shouldn't be embarrassing... <laughs> we shouldn't be embarrassing ourselves against Costa Rica. Or or uh, Guatemala or Jamaica. I think in I mean talking specifically about the Costa Rica. He lost to okay. He lost to Jamaica three times, twice in World Cup qualifying and once in the Gold Cup semis. Think about that. Yeah, I I I also think the some of those games in the twenty fourteen. Uh, World Cup qualifying cycle were a little bit too close for comfort. I remember like barely edging by Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, there are a few I, I can't really yeah. remember the specifics of, but um, yeah. uh, no. But so, I mean, you you could tell like like a player like John Brooks, who I thought was one of the worst players versus Costa Rica. It was just the fight, you know. Something something is missing there, and I, I don't think anyone really wanted it. And um, I hope Jurgen, when he comes out with a statement, uh, you know, can can understand that. Uh, yeah, there was there was an article. I don't know if you saw the article where he was saying, you know, the fans don't understand much about soccer. I mean, I, I, it's, that stuff was just ridiculous. The fact that he never took the blame, it was never on him. And you know, it, it's sort of. Well, I'm not going to go there, but he uh, he he just never took responsibility, and it, it was just and like you said, John Brooks, all of these players, all of these players perform so much better for their clubs than they do for their country. Maybe with the exception of Bobby Wood, who does well for both, um, but even he, I think, does a little bit better with Hamburg, but. You know, Fabian yeah. Johnson, when is the last time Fabian Johnson actually looked good with the U.S. national team? 2013? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think there have been times where Josie has done doing nothing for club, but still looked pretty solid for the U.S. Yeah, that's but, true. I'm, I'm talking about recently. And yeah. I think what people need to understand is you can have good times with a coach, but still also be at a point later where you need to fire him and or her. And this is the time. 
I agree. I agree. And it was right. And I'm excited. You know, it's it's for us. It's not been a great sports few weeks. So this is uh, this is good. This is good news. And you know, like I said, or I didn't say it, but you know, you never want. Like Landon Donovan said, you never want anyone to lose their job, but I mean, he's making millions and millions of dollars. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna find a job elsewhere. You know. Yeah, Galatasaray. Galatasaray. And I wonder um, what this means for Jonathan, though. Yeah, I know. That's I was just gonna think about. I was just thinking about his tweet about Landon Donovan after he got <laughs> cut, basically. Uh, I, I wish Landon. I wish Landon tweeted. Ha 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 ha! I didn't even notice. <laughs> I wish Talon tweeted that. Yeah, Talon tweeted. <laughs> oh, no, man. that doesn't make any sense. But uh, <laughs> um, we are going to get back on the podcast grind and start covering club soccer again. Uh, we're in the middle of the MLS playoffs. European action is in full swing, so we'll get back into that. Uh, it's just been a lot of stuff going on for U.S. soccer right now, so we've been mainly focusing on that. But do you have anything else to say before we wrap this up? Uh, n- about Jurgen? No. Um, just that I'm excited. I'm excited to move forward. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you should have been about Bruce Arena. Yeah, I'm excited to move forward. But, like, no, it's, it's – you're saying, like, Jurgen, I'm excited. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not official <laughs> yet. It's not official. Okay, true. So – I mean, it pretty much is official. So, but it's not. Yeah. It's so close. So, you 100% don't want Landon Donovan taking over? Not right now, no. I'm sorry, Landon. I'm sure he I'm sure he agrees. Speaking of Landon Donovan, though, make sure you check out episode 60 of the Soccer Brothers podcast. We actually had the opportunity to sit down and interview Landon Donovan. It's a fascinating conversation, and I implore you to check that out. Yeah, all of our interviews and all of our episodes are on our new website, SoccerBrothersPodcast.com. Definitely check that out. We've also got a Twitter and Instagram. Those are under the handle at SoccerBrosPod. We've got a Facebook page. Uh, in terms of listening, you can check us out on SoundCloud, Google Play, PodKicker, pretty much everywhere. We're trying to get on Spotify right now. We don't have that iTunes. Yet. iTunes. iTunes. That's a big one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, uh, make sure to give us feedback and give us reviews. Um, if you want a 15% off discount on your entire purchase on the website, ambitiousstrike.com, they sell t-shirts, uh, enter the code brothers at checkout. Absolutely. Uh, also let us know what you think about Jurgen Klinsmann leaving the U S national team and what you think about Bruce arena coming in with that. We'll see you next time for episode 64 of the soccer brothers podcast. Mm-hmm.